Hello, my name is Gil Noviv. My favorite Power Query feature is Unpivot. Welcome to Power Query Magic. Welcome, Gil. Hey, Win. What's up? Hey, it's all good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really excited to be here today. Really amazing uh, power query focus and attention. We are trying to raise the profile. Yeah. Da- I was fed up of Dax getting too much love and attention. You know, so. oh boy, you know we, can, we can speak all day about uh, how come Dax getting so much attention. This is really ridiculous. Oh, I know. You know, is it is it just that Power Query is easier? I think they are jealous. I think they're really jealous. <laughs> they are jealous. They want they want some nice buttons to click. They haven't got any buttons to DAX people, so they have to write big books that are very complicated. Yeah, but us Power Query folk. <laughs> and then if we jump back to uh, 2013, 2015, so, you know, on LinkedIn, your profile shows you were a senior program manager on the Excel team. So let's let's chat about that. Um, so how did you get that role? How do you oh, get boy. a job with Microsoft? Okay. That's, uh, that, uh, that is uh, uh, an interesting story, at least for me on the personal level. So uh, before, before moving to Excel, uh, I was working uh, for many years uh, in uh, the Israeli uh, software industry with specific expertise on cybersecurity. Uh, we have, uh, you know, Israel, uh, there is a lot of uh, knowledge, uh, intellectual property around uh, network security, cybersecurity. So uh, for many years, uh, one of the areas where I developed software that is related to, 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 to this technology there was a, a team of uh, in Microsoft that were responsible for a security product at the time that was very relevant to the things that I did in, in the other companies that I worked with. So for for a long time, I was uh, kind of like dreaming to move one day to a role in in that team. Okay. And one of my one of my uh, dream uh, bosses, like. What I, you know, every time, you know, for every person in a career, you can mention a few, few people that were very ins, ins, inspirational in your, yes. in your journey, right? So, so I have one, <laughs> uh, you know, some people that know me from the time that I worked in Excel can even now understand who was that person. I will keep it anonymous here, right. at least for now. But this guy uh, uh, really uh, was so influential on on my early, at my early years as a software developer. So uh, I really wanted to move to Microsoft. Uh, at two, at the, in the end of 2015, he returned from uh, his role in Seattle with some security. He decided to move from security to the Excel team to to establish a very strong Excel team inside in Israel. Ah. And then he told me yeah, that they are looking for product managers, program managers, uh, as, as we call it in Microsoft. And, uh, you know, for me, it was a combination of like 
going back working with uh, my dream boss uh, and uh, uh, playing around, fooling around with the source code of uh, 30 years of, uh, of uh, development that touches billions of users. I thought, you know, it's a win-win. <laughs> totally. Because that, that whole, the, the, the mind-blowing part of, you know, Excel is that sort of that back end of how everything fits together. There just must be, so, I can't even imagine where you'd even start. And, and from my understanding, there's not sort of, there isn't one person who knows, knows it all. There's people who know bits of everything. And absolutely. And, you know, even, even further away, uh, when you are uh, approaching uh, this product or, or probably any sophisticated software product from the development side, from the software programming, it's even it become much more difficult to learn. Because the, the 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 bits and the bytes have their own kind of like you know it's like in a, in the matrix you may you may live in the matrix and then you operate within the matrix but the code and the algorithms and the AI the transit is a different world completely yeah and trying to trying to sort of now get features that are compatible in desktop online also then run on Mac this whole, you know, scenario, you know, I'll just do some, you know, frustrated tweet or post on LinkedIn saying, I wish this worked, you know, why can't we have this? It looks easy. But then there's just, you know, did you have in your role as product manager, did you have um, decisions around, you know, implementation of features, what to, you know, weighing up different options and trying to balance where to spend time and money? Yeah, so so uh, uh, the the interesting thing uh, at uh, at Microsoft, at least at the time, definitely in a software that is so prevalent and used by so many uh, uh, many people worldwide, uh, is that there is no single decision maker here. You 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 work in a in a very uh, very uh, concentrated kind of like machine that. Uh, makes the decisions based on very, uh, very uh, depth deliberations, informed decisions, a lot of data, and also feedback uh, with the community and feedback from people, you know, like you as an MVP. Yeah, yeah. You know, so just to, to let you know, like before uh, joining Microsoft, I didn't even know about like this notion of MVP yeah. and what does it mean. And when I moved to Microsoft, you know, we... we we rely on people when we were in Excel, and when I was in Excel, I relied on you and people like you to make the right decision because my understanding of Excel was like probably a percent of your knowledge. So so it, it's very difficult, you know, when you come to uh, such a company and there are so many things to learn, not just on the client-facing features, but also under the hood how things are being connected with each other and also who to work with. So, you know, for example, if I'm responsible to adding a button in the ribbon, this uh, this uh, button has lots of dependencies, including uh, globalization, accessibility, uh, uh, will it work with VBA, VBA or not? Yes. Uh, what happens when you click uh, for the undo, redo, operations when you copy paste elements like 
there are, there are lots of things, like there is a matrix of, uh, and you know, so for interrupting myself, <laughs> one of my favorite that I really hated, the, the backward and forward compatibility. Yeah. Right? So, so there are so many things that you need to learn uh, just from the process of, of, of such a complex software that this one really, at the beginning, slowed me down in, in learning the features themselves. And that, that's, uh, that was a big thing to, a, a journey for me to learn. Like in the first year of my job was just learning a lot. And so that was something. And by the way, when you ask about like the functionality, so I can say uh, one of the things that I'm joking about, but it is a real story. Uh, I, at the beginning, I was responsible for PowerView. Okay. Okay, so uh, it was already in. It's not that I uh, I was uh, more... I joined there uh, in the end of 2013. Uh, and one of the things that were uh, really uh, interesting is that when I joined, PowerView was already kind of like uh, getting starvation. Like we didn't have resources to work on it. It was clear that it has so many things that are not working well. Power BI was not yet what it was. And there was still a decision to bring everything from Excel. But the realization of that Silverlight component to support uh, users was not really going to scale a lot. Eventually, towards like close to the end of my uh, uh, role uh, in, in that team, I was responsible to write the spec that will uh, hide PowerView from the ribbon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, no, so it, was not, it wasn't a very difficult thing to write, but it was fun yeah, yeah. to go through lots of, lots of motions of just how to take it out. And by the way, in Excel, typically you never get it completely out. You just hide things. Wow. That, so I, that is so interesting because I was ch- chatting to Lars in an in interview of the day and I, I said to him that PowerView is still there and he said, no, it's not. And we left it at that and he's right, but I was sort of right as well because you can still get the button. The PowerView button is still there, hidden away. But if you click on it, it says like you can't launch this because Silverlight is not available or something like that. So I managed to sort of dig out the button underneath the quick access toolbar sort of shortcut somewhere. But yeah, I'd, I'd never, I hadn't tried clicking on it for years and uh, I clicked on it. And uh, the, the, so, so it's interesting. What would be the experience for users that already have like an old Excel file with PowerView? If they open it with a new Excel, whether they get an error, perhaps the instantiation of a new Silverlight engine is not allowed. But if you already have it in your machine, yeah, it, it yeah. may work. Well, I'm not sure. That's one of the crazy things, as well as the number of people still on older versions of Excel, and um, which which leads yeah. back to your backwards compatibility sort of you know comment. It's just there's there's a ridiculous number still on Excel 2003, I think. Um, I had clients who were just moving from 2007 on a training course last week. Somebody was still on 2010, you know, it's just, um, yeah. And I guess, and also with, with the period you were at Microsoft, 
what was that XL twenty sixteen? Was that would that have been sort of what you were mainly focused on? Yeah. But that so, that's like the three year cycle, then, isn't it? Of, of new features, get them all rounded out, and then yeah, was was Office yeah. three six five even a thing then in twenty as well? It was, was it? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Excel uh, twenty sixteen was uh, at least at the time when we released it, we thought because it's all also on the Office three sixty five uh, subscription path. We thought that this may be the last version that we right. used uh, at the time. And then I left when I saw that there is also 2019. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was uh, really a, 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 a period where we, we weren't sure what's going to be the future for the, the, the software. And, and where did Power Query come into this? Where, where was your first exposure to that? So I was, I was lucky uh, when I was when I joined the team. I was responsible for PowerView and for all the security, privacy features for all the other things that we did with Power Pivot and Power Query. And uh, it wasn't a lot of work because PowerView didn't get. I didn't have a lot of engineers to work on it. And then uh, a colleague of mine who uh, was responsible for Power Query. And I really th- thought in the time like that his job was really cool. He just left, left Microsoft. Okay. So I was fortunate to get, to get his role. Ah. Um, and we were responsible. We were responsible to take Power Query add-in that was available in, in, in uh, Excel 2010, 2013 and move it into being a, a, a real native functionality inside Excel. Formally, we also you know call it get data yeah. at some point or get and transform. I was also uh, unfortunately responsible for some spec uh, uh, design and community uh, uh, MVP uh, dialogue with people, telling them the story of it's not going to call Power Query. <sighs> Well, at okay. the time, uh, and uh, some people, I, I felt like they hate me in person. <laughs> You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It wasn't my decision. Uh, it was more like you know, the, the, on the on the top. You just got the top level. Uh, the notion of Excel is Excel, and no features can live with a product name, right? That doesn't align with the with the concept. So we we. Move it down into uh, get. By the way, get and transform was not a feature name at the time. It was just the functionality. It's like the action. The action was called get and transform, yep. and the and the and the contextual uh, like the ribbon uh, group was was just renamed this way for telling the action. And for some reason, people on marketing started to call it this way. So you know, eventually we. We say okay, let's leave yeah, it. It's out it in the wild now. It's it's going. Yeah. It's all right. It gives yeah. us it gives us hardcore power query fans something to sort of you know rally around. <laughs> we can all and power query at the time when we we integrated into Excel, uh, there were a lot of uh, sophisticated, complex, yet not very exciting things that. I was responsible for exciting in many areas, but uh, to some point, you know, you are getting used to them. 
and that was to take to break uh, the add-in functionality and when you turn it into a native functionality in Excel you need to cover object model VBA undo redo uh, it's like there is a long list I forgot most of it probably out of yeah, trauma yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of work uh, uh, this designing, deciding, uh, communicating, and uh, making some uh, even a kind of like a negotiation with other feature owners, uh, how to make it behave like it is expected to behave as a as a full class first first class citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is why, by the way, why I'm now today MVP because at some point of time, I I felt that uh, the complexity of the design of the all the nuances and the execution part of it was not as fun as sharing the knowledge of of what we deliver and what's the value so as as a as a, as a pm as, when i was blogging about the new functionality and and talking with mvps and, and, you know, thinking more about the client and being kind of like the evangelist about how you can use those functionalities, I decided to some extent, you know, I will, I will do more on the blogging and the evangelism of what we deliver rather than spending too much time on, on fighting with another PM or how exactly to call a feature <laughs> name. Let's let him feel good with himself and, I will feel good in blogging and uh, innovating around the, around the, this functionality. Yeah. <laughs> so totally that's, understand. Um, and I just pick up on just pick up on something you said about the undo um, ability within Power Query in Excel, because I think I think you're the one who flagged to me that even after you've like loaded a Power Query in Excel. You can the undo stack still works, so you can actually undo your changes in Power Query, which is glorious compared to the scenario in Power BI where there is just no undo at all, really, for Power Query. So you know, thoroughly grateful for you know having Excel having that undo feature to even after you've clicked yeah. close and load, you can still go back and undo your Power Query. That's awesome. Yeah, and then you know there are also all kinds of nuances. What happens if you do the load uh, to the to the to the worksheet and not to the data model, or if you use only connection only? Or there, there are at the time uh, too many things that we needed to consider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, to some extent now I'm happy. Um, I'm more relaxed today about you know no matter what functionality and user experience you would bring me through this products. I'm not very upset about things that are not working well. You know, it's like, I'll figure it out that that's fine. There are always, you know, pros and cons to any decision. Just the energy is not worth it for me. Fair enough. Uh, and what's your, what's your current role now? How would, how would you describe it to somebody who doesn't know anything about Excel or Power BI? There's a challenge for you. So you've got to describe it. Yeah, no, that, I think that that would be easy. So I work in a very large consulting firm called Avanad. It's like around the 30, 35,000 employees uh, worldwide. Uh, 
as a joint venture between Accenture and Microsoft. Accenture is even a bigger consulting firm than, than us. So any, any uh, Fortune 500 enterprise that needs uh, work with technology, and it, it includes a significant portion of, of the Microsoft technology, then they call us. And uh, I'm uh, leading the capabilities of our Power BI developers. So we have in between 200 to 700 people with the skills of Power BI in, in the company, uh, depending on you know, the level of expertise yeah. uh, that they report. And uh, my, my job, and it's a relatively new job, my job is to help, uh, help the organization to boost their capabilities throughout their delivery. For clients. Ah, okay. So is that sort of a combination of in, internal training, troubleshooting, jumping in when people need assistance with? Yeah, a combination. So whenever there is like a crisis, they can call okay. me. Uh, uh, whenever there is an important uh, strategic uh, sales motion where Power BI is not just for visualization, but, you know, perhaps some large migrations of uh, other BI uh, reporting solution to Power BI or a governance and a very strategic account. Uh, I help them to, to, to do the deal shaping. And on the day to day, since we are a very global and distributed company, I, I, I work with uh, uh, experts and very talented people that work with me across the areas and regions to make sure that uh, we cover, we help each other on terms of having the right quality for our people. Now, and just one more point to say uh, related to the challenge of capabilities with Power BI, and it's related to Power Query as well. The same reasons why Power Query is not always known to users, because of the same reason, uh, Power BI practitioners tend to uh, ignore the missing functionality that can make them even better. Because everything is so easy, they go and end up in many cases just learning what they know and not knowing what they don't know. Right. <laughs> and it's only when you sort of get that that need or you get yourself into some sort of scenario where your DAX formulas are being ridiculously complicated or your performance is going bad that you then go, actually, is there some something we can do earlier on in the process, something we can do with Power yeah. Query and pull it in okay yeah, yeah. so you wrote the book entitled collect combine and transform data using power query in excel and power bi yes i i could kill myself just trying to memorize the name <laughs> yeah that's it yeah I, and so when did you start writing that uh, so yeah around uh, uh, october 2018 we released it yeah uh, I started working on it uh, around eight months early on. Okay. So it took me, you know, I, I tried to estimate how much hours I spend in it. It's around 500 hours. Wow. I, I liked it. I, I found it really useful. Um, there was one part that helped me the very next day with a problem I was working on. So, you know. It was worth yeah. it was worth my my reading it. I do yeah, recommend yeah. other folks read it as well. You know, I didn't when I when I wrote it. I didn't expect that experts will benefit from it. 
So every time, you know, even if there is lit, one little thing that you gain out of it, it was worth it. Totally. Look, I've, I've been, you know, I've been doing Excel for 25 years now. And I, all I know is that there's, I think I'm now over the tipping point of there's more I know than not know. But, you know, I'm, I'm st- I think I know about 70% of Excel now. So I'm either a very slow learner or there's just this immense, you know, and, it, and then it just, you know, you add on Power Query, you add on Power Pivot, you add on DAX you add on all these features. So it's an, no one knows it all. No one. Yeah, it's, yeah, just, I, it's just impossible. I, I know, I know. And, and I'm a proud uh, professional claiming that I don't know all of Excel and I don't even bother. That's not really... No, it's... <laughs> impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. Yeah. And anyone who thinks they know it all it just doesn't know enough to realise they don't know it all, in my view. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to quote you from the book, okay? So by the time you finish reading this book... About 50 million people will have gone through their rigorous manual data preparation tasks, unaware that a tool is hiding inside Excel and is just waiting to help streamline their work. Okay, this is the battle. So is your experience still that Power Query is largely unknown amongst the people that would benefit from it? Absolutely, absolutely. I I think, uh, and you know, there are good things about it, uh, uh, I I think there are lots of frustrations going again and again and again to different people, clients, community, and uh, their main focus. You know, if it's a Power BI audience, their their main focus is visualizations, and if they are experts, they build all kinds of multi-line DAX complex code, trying to think that uh, this is really cool and smart instead of just simplifying things under the hood. If somehow we will introduce it to the relevant audience, to those 50 million users, the impact of each one of these individuals is just amazing. So, yeah, that, that's the point. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it, it's it's slowly it's slowly getting out there, and the the impact is yeah. big. Yeah. I just yeah. had a just had a message just now before just before we started recording from somebody on LinkedIn saying. Oh, they started using Power Query last year and it's just transformed everything, you know. And that you just get yeah. that message over and over again. Uh, yeah. And it's just, it is, it is awesome to see people's faces light up when you show this stuff yeah. to them. So instead of just getting upset all the time, I, I prefer, instead of, you know, I'm not, I'm not any longer in the business of, of uh, spreading the word and educate new users. I'm in the business of each individual that I touch, that I see the wow effect. I just enjoy it, and and that's enough for me. Yeah. So so for me, even if I will, you will tell me, I'm influencing ten people every month as long as I have this wow moment that they share with me. That's enough. I don't really care. You know, to some extent, I even prefer that it will be a slow adoption because this wow effect will remain as long yes. as I'm. Yes, yeah. From a from a internally selfish point of view, I am glad that people discover this from me, and not from somebody else, not from looking yeah. over somebody's shoulder. And uh, yeah, because you did a survey a while back, didn't you, on sort of the the impact? What do people think the impact of the uh, of Power Query is? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you sort of remember I... the sort of overall? 
finding of that? I, I remember sort of reading it was it was. Yeah, I, I actually uh, uh, did this survey twice. In the first time, uh, the numbers were a bit better. Uh, last time was uh, in uh, December uh, 2020. Uh, the the survey, just you know, to give you a disclaimer, I'm not a, a surveyor, right? I, I don't have the expertise yeah. how to write the best questions, and I'm not going through a third party to send them to... Uh, uh, unbiased population. My population is very biased. They read my blog. Yeah. So they already know a lot about the tool. Uh, but uh, uh, sharing uh, this survey uh, in around in December 2020, uh, 105 respondents uh, claimed on average that they are saving. Uh, so it's 76 business days every year. Which is uh, around thirty percent of their business time. Which is so, not no, I, yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> sound like it's you know some ridiculous number that's skewed by you know one person just yeah. doing themselves out of a job. But because yeah. this sort of uh, stuff is yeah, it's the reality of it. Did yeah. you, you did you used to and, do? Um, were you involved in VBA? Did, did you used to get into the old macros and stuff? Uh, from when I was working at Microsoft, or just previously in so, any sort of roles and stuff like that. So yeah, I I, I do know VBA. Uh, I, honestly, like around uh, back in uh, nineteen ninety-eight, one of my first jobs as a software engineer included a lot of VBA. Um, so at the time, I knew it relatively very well, and. And, and, and also until today, once in a while I do some VBA, but I admit the VBA that I do today is more to automate Excel workbooks that have lots of power query inside yeah. and just trigger the refresh. Yeah, yeah. Be it. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's replaced, you know, 90% of my VBA work for clients and stuff. I've even gone back to a few clients, you know, four or five years later, they're, they're still, they want to upgrade something or update something. And it's just like, well, we can, that old way of doing it with, you know, VBA yeah. used to open up the files and copy stuff and paste it and all this sort of thing. And now it's just, oh, we can just use a get data from folder and suck all the data in. Yeah, just, oh. And they can pick it apart if it goes wrong as well. You know, if something changes, they can tweak a line of code. So, um and um, so let, let's step back a second then and go back to Gil, the early years. Um, growing up, where did you grow up and were you into computers back then? Uh, when I was a kid, you mean? Or... Yeah. yeah. So uh, at the time, like I think when I was 13 years old, uh, I, I had a Vic, Vic 20. It's like uh, before the oh, Commodore 64. Yeah. When yes. I had the Vic uh, 20, I was doing some like very basic programming. At the time, uh, uh, it, it was relatively easy to me, but I didn't have a lot of fun doing that. It's kind of like I prefer to play <laughs> than, uh, yeah, yeah. than just. Uh, 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 I did enjoy a lot uh, the textual adventures. You know, you, you click in. You oh, enter and you go a dwarf with an axe, and you go to the east yeah, and you go to the so, west. So I did kind of like as a kid. Uh, I remember wanting to 
know how to develop something like that, but it's not that I reached the next threshold. Uh, Commodore 64 came in, and I really I just enjoyed playing with it more than uh, yeah, more than programming. Go in the games. Yeah. 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 So. I'm, yeah. So so from then I'm you know sorry. like from age uh, uh, sixteen or so, uh, I I didn't uh, in, except of um, casual playing I didn't do anything with computers. Um, okay. Only only later on, it's like around when I was twenty five, I decided to go back to this area. I actually should. I'm, I should have been a, a clinical psychi- psychologist. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me. Tell me about that. Uh, in my in my college years, uh, my my uh, my first three years in college was uh, psychology. Uh, I studied psychology. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I had all kinds of uh, kind of fantasies of. Being a researcher in uh, cognitive psychology, and you know, perhaps combining some computers with psychology, and you know, think, thinking about the science around it, uh, I got accepted to uh, to the, the master degree to become a, a clinical psychologist. But at the time, I felt this this was where the high tech industry was in in the first. In the first uh, boom years, before before the the first explosion, the economical crisis uh, coming there, so it's around like in in 1998, right? Um, and I decided uh, the time to abandon psychology and start from scratch learning uh, computer science. Wow! And uh, that's where I am today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it is amazing how these sort of little decisions, life's just made up of all very, these time. Very random, I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's no grand plan. We're just all surfing along our luck, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, and then, so your blog. Let's talk about your blog as well. So the Data Chant blog. Um, I think I, I found the. I, I scroll back to the old posts, so. December the fourth, twenty fifteen. There was a Hello World post. Oh boy! So, okay. And essentially, that that post was announcing that you'd be leaving Microsoft and moving to Chicago. Yeah. So you know that 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 was the sort of the, what made you start sort of writing something then. So I I kind of started a bit early on uh, when I was the program manager in the Excel team. Uh, I, I did uh, made some announcements about the functionality that I was responsible for in the Power Query side. I used at the time TechNet to publish all kinds of techniques like VBA that will trigger a Power Query, creation of queries using VBA code, uh, and some blogs from the office uh, office blog. And by the way, my, my first blog post was uh, a guest blog at uh, Power Pivot Pro. Uh, uh, Rob Colley uh, gave me an opportunity to share a technique that I was working on uh, when I was uh, in, in Excel, which was I used Power Query to connect to LinkedIn to analyze any any company at the time. The, the, the API was uh, at the time uh, very, very open. 
So I just uh, built some very cool kind of like competitive analysis capabilities, uh, competitive intelligence capabilities on any company on LinkedIn. You just type some stuff and add an API key and you get a power, you get at the time. I don't even remember if it was a, a, a power view even. Or, or, or Excel, 3D, Excel 3D maps. Uh, yeah, and I wrote a I wrote a blog, uh, and it got also very good uh, kind of uh, awareness from inside the Excel team. Like suddenly, I was I was noticed by people that didn't work directly with me, okay. and I, that that gets me really excited. So I decided, okay, I need something on my own. <laughs> so you, you see that that blog post is where our paths cross because. That inspired me to do my first ever YouTube video. So my first YouTube video is basically using your code, basically following your blog, and then building a 3D map, plotting all these companies from LinkedIn, really? and then zooming in and then into sort of the Access Analytic office via the 3D maps. So yeah, I was just sort of, uh, yeah, it's amazing that that's... I didn't actually realize it was your post. So uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, if you can share with me the, the YouTube video. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I, video number one that I've ever done on our on our YouTube channel was tapping amazing. into that. So uh, it's a small yeah. world. Yeah. But I was just, and that, that was my sort of one of my like wow moments. This this stuff can do anything. You know, just this, all the, this technology is just there to allow you to just uh, grab some data from LinkedIn and pull it in and automate that process. It was just like, oh, yeah, exactly. you know. So at, at the same time, around the same time, uh, the, the same boss, the boss that I mentioned had a birthday party. Uh, and I prepared for him a PowerView Excel report right. that, that used Facebook connector. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like I, I, I showed him like everything, like, <laughs> and he was like, I received that Excel, and he was like, I felt he was in a shock, like how much information I learned about him, and showed it in kind of you know like a scattered, scattered chart, and everything is interactive, and you had this uh, uh, 3D uh, map, and uh, you had the, the 3D maps in Excel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, Brilliant. <laughs> oh, very good. Changing, changing tack a little bit. So I get asked the question, especially when I'm running training about Power BI versus Excel and which, which to use in which scenario, because often people come on Power BI training and they don't realize that some of this stuff is already available in Excel. Um, I don't know if you've got a, a view or do you, do you ever come across that? question at all about should I be using Excel for this or Power BI or which tool to use in which scenario? For me, just as an example, I know that uh, the number of Excel users will always be way, way higher than Power BI users. However, the discoverability in Excel is much more difficult than inside Power BI. Yeah. So to, for that extent, uh, I, I prefer Power BI, and there is also a different reason, and I think it's related for, for the kind of clients and personas that you work with. So for me as a consultant, I felt at the time that earning uh, my, my rate, uh, my service price rate w would be 
higher uh, when I build Power BI reports than I build Excel reports because uh, Power BI is more for a centralized IT team. Typically, when, when they hire you to do Power BI, it will be typically a centralized team that needs your help. Uh, or it will be, you know, these are like enterprise reports that they are building, perhaps just for their team and not for the entire company. But the audience is uh, the audience has a better, higher uh, budget. Yeah, yeah. Larger budget to pay. So if you are a consultant in a project that has Power BI, you may not be alone there, but it, at, at least at the time I felt that I need to make this shift from Excel to Power BI because uh, because of the type of clients and personas. And I think as well as this um, perception with, if, if it's the same skill set to, you know, use Power Query, build a data model, add some DAX, build a pivot table. But if you can have a nice interactive chart online that is, in, is accessible via somebody's laptop and mobile phone, you know, you basically have maybe, you know, two hours extra learning to learn how to do the extra thing. perceived value of being able to create that, you know, experience for the end user. Nobody thanks you for the, you know, the decently formatted M code or the, the DAX that's well, you know, laid out or the model that's beautiful star schema. The end users never see that. They just see the, the end result and yeah. the end result just looks better. And the experience is better in Power BI, so therefore it's perceived. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There is also another element which is the momentum. So again, if as uh, as 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 a, as a trainer, I suspect that uh, identified budgets will come for the momentum of Power BI and the gap, the identified gap to train people on Power BI because of that momentum, and it is completely new. Uh, still for many organizations, while Excel is Excel and, you know, people are not thinking about it in a new way, so they will not have a, a, an identified budget for training for, for that. Yeah, we're, we're definitely finding that, that, you know, there's there's a lot more demand for Power BI training than Excel training, even though I, I think the just general Excel training as well, the impact of that. And I sneak Power Query into every training course, regardless of what what level is at. It could be a VBA course. I might even sneak some in there. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just the, the impact is, is massive, but the awareness is low. So it, it's still like you you hire somebody, they used Excel at their last job. Ah, they must they must know Excel and away you go, you know, carry on with the same same lessons. Um, but yeah, the training part is yeah, sadly lacking, but Power BI is, is getting that interest up again. Um, it seems, seems to be taking over. Um, you, you found clients moving away from older or non-Power BI systems to Power BI now? Definitely on the centralized BI uh, uh, scenarios, uh, we have uh, more and more clients uh, asking to consolidate their BI stack all together and move to Power BI. So it's always moving from other technologies, sometimes legacy ones, into into Power BI. Sometimes even the newer one, like Tableau and Click, uh, there is uh, some some momentum um, doing these kind of yeah. massive migrations. Um, 
And also, if it's not like massive, no one single decision to do that, a lot of individual key projects of visualization or BI, you just, you know, you, you do it in Power BI, and sometimes, you know, yeah, they add a, a legacy system that they want to decommission, so it's, it's a lot of uh, those uh, single projects where we replace uh, the existing BI yeah, yeah. with the new one. And, and um, yeah. data flows, have you used them um, much? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can say uh, it's still a kind of like uh, mainly early adopters are using it. Definitely on kind of like in production environments, it's uh, it is being used uh, uh, for in very specific scenarios. Uh, I do admit, you know, working with very large enterprises, the adoption sometimes is even slower. Uh, so you know they may open up the use of data flows for some scenarios, but you don't see uh, those data flows in mission critical. But we have we have some examples, and and more more importantly. I, I see a lot of positions where things that we have done in the past for enterprises using, you know, bringing large uh, pipelines of ETL and lots of staging of data warehouses and databases in between to support the scenario. And in the end, it's just a Power BI report that they need. Or sometimes even they have Excel files, lots of Excel files as the data, and they just want now to bring them into something more centralized. So data flows here is uh, is significantly uh, promising in terms of the capabilities, the ability to yeah. develop faster. And and one of my, you know, if you would ask me two years ago, my mantra was Power BI is no longer just a visualization tool. Today, my new uh, mission for every client that I work with is to tell the story of the low-code uh, enterprise ETL capabilities of Dataflow, and recently also to use uh, Dataflows for uh, low-code data quality automations. So, so tell me more, what do you mean by that? Then? So, so basically, as you know, as you know, Power Query is magic, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, the idea that uh, people like us can come to a company and do data preparations faster than with any other tool is something that you may want now to consider to replace existing enterprise ETL payloads and use Power Query instead. Now, Power Query and Dataflows is still uh, young and, and there are lots of scenarios at least on the enterprise where you would say, oh, but I need this orchestration and I need to store the data, not in a data lake like Dataflow. I need it in some other database. And you have lots of nuances for enterprise ETL professionals where this may not always fit. So the way that I think uh, the, the unique value here is that you use Dataflow as your, as your starting point. You build the ETL first with Dataflows. And then, as you have perhaps another team developing the enterprise full-blown ETL, you will keep the data flow for the data quality. So you will have another environment for exploration for your data, for comparing records from, from different uh, snapshots of it, or, you know, you have like three hops 
of the ETL pipeline, you can compare data from OP1, you know, phase one to phase two, okay. see if the same record transformed in the right expected way. And you can quickly build those test, testing capabilities with Dataflow. So it allows you to, uh, to do more. Yeah, yeah. I think and I even, and just one point here, I, I, I even released recently on a Microsoft App Source, a Power BI app that is using Dataflow's snapshots to run the, the kind of data quality capabilities and to run auditing on your data. Every time you refresh the Dataflow, the snapshots are being tracked and you can see uh, changes in your records, missing records, new records, and all the profiling, if you remember uh, the, the simple encode uh, table dot profile yeah, yeah. Uh, is used to track every column with the min max average, null count, etc. Okay, I'll, put, I'll make sure I put a link in the, uh, in the <laughs> show notes and stuff to the, to the app as well. Um, I think as well for, for us, it's the data flows. Um, it is that sort of easier stepping stone before somebody might need a full, you know, because we, we deal with sort of medium to large clients, but also departmental with departments within bigger organizations. Um, and yeah, the data flows is a get started rather than going full SQL database or whatever, just to start pulling data into a central spot. And then you've got, you know, the rules, et cetera, for actually doing your, your full blown data transformation if the data gets too big or whatever the reason might be. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's, and, and the user interface in there as well is getting better and better. And yeah, and the diagram flows, right? It's like the right, the right story for getting in the door with uh, uh, ETL scenarios. Like this is, this is the UI that you see when you're working with other ETL, ETL tools. Yeah, so it's a good competitive, uh, you know, yeah. situation to be in. Um, <laughs> And all oh right, so let's let's change tack a little bit. Um, I had a discussion that we were chatting with Lars Schreiber the other day, and we got into discussing about worst presentation moments. I thought that makes for a useful uh, little segment. So, have you had any nightmare presentations? Oh Something go wrong? Uh, for for me, sometimes, almost every time, I can get into this. Uh, into this moment, uh, at least like once every three times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, uh, my main uh, my, my main challenge is my language. Uh, you know, if we would talk in Hebrew, I may be a bit more eloquent. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and express myself, you know, uh, be more closer to my thinking. But uh, so, so sometimes, you know, I'm a bit embarrassed with the things that I'm trying to explain and suddenly I have a blackout forget some words right yeah uh, and that's that's the typical things that i have uh, and i also one of the worst cases that i had is that after one presentation i got a phone call for my uh, manager uh, telling me that the client complained that i was not listening and i just uh, talked about the solution without uh, oh. hearing them and uh, I'm, while I, I'm sure that that was the case, I, I realized that uh, relatively recently, like in the last three years, I, I, since that moment in time, I realized that uh, I think that I may have some like kind of like attention deficit problems. Right. 
perhaps not not the on the opposite like I'm I'm obsessed with something and then I lo- lose attention for the surroundings yes and that's the problem I, th- I think there's I think a lot of us are like that there's certainly if I'm talking to a client and they're sort of explaining what their problem is my brain is going off trying to solve what they just said before and I'm still listening <laughs> to what they're saying but I'm thinking that's probably this and that that and then I've sort of I probably have missed you know three or four of their sentences yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to got to be in the moment yeah. and just just, just focus um yeah uh Right, five impossible questions for you. You will not be able to get these answers right. Okay, they're five power query questions designed to be unfair and ridiculous. So if you get any, you've done well. So question one, we're in Power BI desktop and we go get data and we get the list, the full list of all the the things we can connect to. Name three that begin with a letter P. P. So three things you can connect oh, to right. beginning with a letter P. I'll put him on the spot. Um, He's struggling. I can just open <laughs> yeah, No search. cheating, no <laughs> scanning across. Uh, P, P, letter P. P. Uh, I would say... What can you connect to that begins with P? No. Power platform. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can have that. Power platform, uh, data flows. Yeah. Uh, um, that's a good one. Uh, I have no... Okay, no you're going to kick yourself on this first one. PDF. PDF, wow, right. <sighs> PDF. I actually used it. I used it. I blocked it up. Yeah, but... <laughs> And then there were some random ones like Parquet, Plan okay, View. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is in there? <laughs> Pixata. Yeah. There was also Power BI Dataset, but you know. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't really want to throw that one at you. <laughs> right then. So we're now back into Excel. We've popped out the queries and connections panel on the right-hand side. You've hovered your mouse over one of the queries and your your little preview window pops out, showing you a little snapshot. Okay, on that preview window, okay, there's a button called, there's view view in worksheet, edit and delete. There's, so, so those three options are in there. But there's also three little dots that I've never clicked on until I came to ask this question. So, can you name anything that's underneath those three little dots? I admit that I never uh, stay on that uh, on, on that, that tooltip. No, I, I would expect it to be uh, everything that you see on the drop down when you right click on a query. It's not everything, but it is a few of them. Do you uh, have a guess at one? Refresh. No, refresh isn't no there. Refresh. Edit, and you had the edit on the uh, delete. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no idea. I've got him. He's trapped him again. Okay, so you can have load two, duplicate, reference, merge, append, and properties. 
Yeah, I've never yeah, clicked but, on that in my life. Yeah, but, but that's like, I, I think my first answer covered all of them. I I'll give say. you half a point. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, just, I just thought that there, there is some tricky element here that I need to... Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you half a mark for that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Question three. In the Power Query Editor, can you write... Let's say you've created a parameter, okay, and you're in the Power Query Editor... Can you right-click on that parameter and reference it? Wow. Can you reference a parameter? Uh, I know that in the code you can. So I can... I, I don't remember if in the UI you have the drop-down element to do that. I would I would expect that you would. Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. You can reference okay. a parameter. So. Yeah, but it's not that I remember. It's just that... <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure why you would, but just uh, because you know, technically speaking, you can reference anything yeah, in a new yeah. query, right? So yeah. why not to start with a step that start with the value? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Okay. Question four: You create a blank query, and in the formula bar, you're going to type basically a to z. So let me explain what I'm saying. You got you type equals curly bracket. And then you put capital A in double quotes, dot, dot. And then in double quotes again, you put lowercase z. So curly bracket, A, dot, dot. So capital A, lowercase z. And you press enter and your screen populates with a list. How, how many items are in oh, that? So I'm assuming here that the capital A, just because I'm guessing based on your question, that capital A is before the lowercase a. And if that's the case, I, I would expect that it would be the other way around. Uh, and then perhaps I would expect an error. But if it's like first capital and then lowercase, I would expect to see how many letters in English? 22? 26. 26. So you will have uh, 53, uh, 52, 52, uh, 52. letters, uh, starting with the capital and then the lower. But I, will, I will almost give it to you. It's actually 58 because a whole bunch of weird brackets, slashes, okay. six of those show up as well. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Yeah, but they, yeah. So bizarre, but there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what now I remember, like, yeah, there is a... There is a technique that I published about obfuscating a text in Power Query. Right, yeah, yeah. text, so I did add a code that is taking them as separate sequences. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> like yeah. I say, so impossible questions. <laughs> All right, yeah. so I'm going I'm to reverse it. So what about if you typed capital Z dot dot A, lowercase a? So capital Z to lowercase a. How many items would you get? You will have a Z and everything in between those special characters. You said 58? There were 58 things in total, yeah. So, he's uh, doing the maths on the fly. Uh, so, four, you will have six items. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give it to you. There's actually eight because it includes the Z and the A and the other six items. But doing that uh, yeah, in your head, yeah. that is, I'll give you a full mark for I that. I am very bad in calculation uh, in memory. <laughs> like, I have zero short-term memory. <laughs> you, need, you need Excel. <laughs> yeah. 
for everything. Matt. I'll give you a full mark for that. Okay, last question, um, just because those two were related. You're in the Power Query Editor for Power BI, and you're in the ribbon, looking across the ribbon. Which ribbon has a checkbox in it labeled allow? One of the ribbons in Power Query Editor has a little check. Uh, uh, yeah. Which ribbon? It may probably the view. Yes, excellent work. But I I always allow, you know, I would expect... Uh, it's always allowed parameters. Your, uh, yeah. Is it in the Power BI desktop? Power BI desktop ribbon under the view. Or, Why is it so important to put it there? I didn't even know what it was. Hence, yeah. <laughs> I'm asking I, the question. Uh, I, I would expect it, you know, in Power Query. Oh, sorry. That you will Power use. Query Editor ribbon. Ah, sorry. Power Query Editor. Sorry. Yeah, I thought Power BI Desktop. Sorry, Power BI Desktop yeah. in Power BI, yeah. Power Query Editor. My yeah. bad. So when you turn it on, uh, in all the UI dialogues that you have, you will have an option also to select parameters, like, you know, like... Oh, I uh, know, yeah. Uh, you, like in filtering, Yes. you have the, the filter dialog box that you can go into, like text yeah. filters. And then you'll be able to select parameters and not just columns. Wasn't that on by default in the past? I'm not sure I have ever switched it on, but I've definitely used that option. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that again. All right, well done. Good good scores. That's very good scores for the impossible quiz. Um, right, quick crystal ball moment. What would you like to see in the future? Anything, any developments you'd like to see happen? Any features that you're keen on? I think, uh, I think uh, the, the ability to store data from data flows into any typical uh, data storage that is not just the Azure Data Lake or not just the model. Okay. So the, the transformation as a, as a process, but then being able to push it wherever you want sort of thing. Yeah. And then to bring Power Query to new audiences, and not because there are so many of them, but because the budgets of what they are, what they have, and what they try to achieve is many times no bigger than than uh, the hundreds and of uh, thousands of Excel uh, professionals that don't get the budget to learn more. Yeah, you will work hard to get their awareness. Keep on trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and where, so we're sort of wrapping things up then. So, you know, anything else that sort of what's on your plate for the next sort of six to 12 months? Are you, uh, is there anything, or where can people best find you? Is it your blog or? I think uh, my, definitely my blog. Uh, I did make some decisions this year to spend a significant time also on releasing more uh, Power BI applications on AppSource. Excellent. So uh, I already have eight applications wow. there. Uh, really? And okay. the, third, the third top uh, uh, manufacturer of uh, apps at the time. And I plan to, I plan to uh, work on some new cool stuff there soon. Awesome. Looking forward to that. Um, and when we, before we wrap stuff up, I, I like to ask the guests if you've got any brushes with fame or little known facts or claims to fame have you have you met anybody famous have you got any hidden musical talents or skills 
I think uh, the question, the answer would be probably very simple and very, very narrow-minded Power BI fanatic uh, with no uh, association to <laughs> anyone uh, important or famous. <laughs> just be. What about in your Microsoft days? Did you meet any of the senior senior people back in the Microsoft days? Uh, probably not. Uh, I, I talked with many people that bragged about uh, meeting them. Right. <laughs> but uh, no. It's an uh, urban myth. I, you know, I, yeah, I did like as a student uh, in Israel, met uh, the prime minister oh, okay. in some strange situation. But right. that was not something uh, very, uh, <laughs> very critical <laughs> that I remember and share. Yeah, <laughs> And uh, one other requirement of coming on to Power Query Magic is you need to leave two of your own articles, your most popular one and your favorite one. So what are you going to leave? And I'll leave links to these um, in the in the show notes and stuff. I have no idea. I, I have no idea. You know, if I probably statistic wise uh, from from the uh, if it's not just for this year, uh, it would probably be an article around either removal of blank blank columns okay. in Power Query that for some reason, you know, gets to be higher with high searches on Google yeah. or some web scraping. And my favorite one, it's a tough one. I think uh, one, of the, one of the favorite ones in terms of realizing the kind of attention was not even Power Query. Right. It was the pie charts. <laughs> okay. That's the, the ridiculous element of our audience in Power BI that they are uh, more close to uh, visualization. Yeah. So I wrote about bad practices with pie charts and I got like amazing amount of traffic. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but I, if you are looking for Power Query, I link no, to you can you, whichever whichever ones you prefer. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. I didn't specify Power Query. <laughs> and then, and then so finally, if I'm gonna I'm gonna strand you on a desert island, okay, and you're allowed one object to take with you, could be a luxury, could be something useful, but it's got to begin with M in or, in honor of the uh, M language. What object would you take with you? An M. Something beginning oh, with M. And it, it, it's not like a living uh, thing. It could uh, be. It could be anything. Uh, it could be anything beginning with M. Uh, what I would take for an island with M. Uh, oh, I've put him on the spot. It's more, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's more my vocabulary of uh, words with You can M give me a word in Hebrew, beginning with M, if you want. Hebrew. Yeah, that's a good one. Probably uh, being in a desert island, uh, I'm not sure my survival rate will be very high. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> no worries. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Gil. Thank you so much, Wynn. That was really, really fun. appreciate your time. Um, and thank you for sharing your your power query knowledge with the with the world. Um, we're, we're all able to learn lots from your blogs and your book. So keep sharing that magic. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll chat again soon sometime. Looking forward to it, Wynn. Thanks. <laughs>